Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins. And with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 6, Episode 12, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. How are you doing this week? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a good week. I have two of my granddaughters uh, staying with us for the week because it's spring break here. Uh, and so we spent uh, three days in Waco sightseeing and every amusement uh, tourist stop that's possible. We hit them all. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun, but I'm a little physically worn out. Four of us sleeping in one hotel room. and uh, But it's been good. It's been good. <laughs> That's good. Did you visit the new GMC uh, site? Uh, in January, I was there for the annual conference. Been there, done that. Yeah. Didn't want to yeah. do it again. Okay. Got a t-shirt and all that. I was just, as we were introing, I was like, you know, we've been doing, I've played that intro music. Since the start, is it time to change the intro music? It's the same old story, same old song, and dance, my friend. I love the intro I don't music. know. Um, and the other thought was I was looking at our introductory episode. That was yeah. over over a year ago. Do we need to redo that and kind of talk about I, what we do it? Because yeah. back then we didn't know how this was going to turn out. No, we were completely great. Right? It's just kind of a high, I'm, I'm Ken and high, I'm Rocky. <laughs> I'm Larry. This is my brother, Daryl. That's my other brother, Daryl. We might want to redo our, I guess it's our over overview kind of uh, episode. Who we know. are and what we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think about it. If you have a thought on it, yeah. give us a shout. You know. I would... I would dearly love to hear from anyone who listens to the podcast uh, and get your 10 cents on what you think of it. Uh, good, bad, otherwise, I would dearly love to hear from someone. So you can email me at pondermethodist, that's one word, pondermethodist at gmail.com. Um, let me know what you think of the podcast. Or you can rate us at Podchaser, too. Yes. Yes, you can. But uh, that'd be great if we hear from anybody. I love it when we hear back from our listeners. Uh, we know you're out there because I, I can see the stats. Yes, so we I can see there. that we're being followed. Uh, we just want to communicate with you. Very good. All right. So uh, we're still in the book of Mark. Yes, we are. We are still in chapter three. Correct. And picking right up where we left off last week. So tonight, uh, chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. In most Bibles, it'll be titled something like Jesus and the Masses or the, the Crowds and Jesus, something, some kind of reference to that. Uh, and again, all of the versions will be virtually identical, just minor word changes here and there. We are reading from the New Living Translation, NLT. Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, from east of the Jordan River, and even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see him. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. 
He had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God. But Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. Amen. All right, so I've got a couple of questions as we go through this, but uh, let's go ahead and start it verse by verse. Yes. Okay. And... Why don't we, let's combine a couple because they I think kind of go work, together. That okay. makes the most sense, yeah. So I'll read verse 7 and 8. Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and up from east of the Jordan River, and even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see him. So... I usually say, I'm really glad you had to read out all those names because I usually mess them up, and guess what? I did. I might have edited them out by this time. I thought but... you did really well. <laughs> I, I don't like reading all the weird names. Um, my very first question is, is, is okay, um, in this version it says Jesus went out to the lake. In lots of other versions it says the sea. Where are we? We're finally back at ministry headquarters in Capernaum, probably spending the nights in Peter's house again. Um, we, we've followed him on this preaching and teaching tour where he, he went toe-to-toe with the Pharisees in several different villages. Um, but now, and, and last week, they left him to go back to Jerusalem and plot how to murder him. Mm-hmm. And apparently, he's gone back to home base and is regrouping there. Uh, for the next phase of his ministry. So we're at the Sea of Galilee. Yes. Even though this translation, for some odd reason, says lake. Technically, it is a lake. Only some of the locals called it sea. But I'm, I'm kind of surprised, since Peter is narrating it to uh, his apprentice, John Mark, that he didn't call it a sea and that, that Mark didn't write it that way. Like I said, every other version I looked at yes. said sea. Calls it the sea. And, yeah. But this one's the lake. So. Yeah. So we got a little technical on us. All right. Is there anything significant about these two verses, seven and eight? Yeah. There are two different times he talks about uh, the crowds. Um, in verse seven, a large crowd followed him. Uh, and then in uh, verse eight, ours says, vast numbers of people came to see him. The Greek word used there means massive, overwhelming numbers. So this is not just a big crowd. This is a huge crowd. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, this could get out of control kind of crowd that has come to see Jesus. Uh, so really big numbers. That's a lot. And what's significant about this is we said last week that the, the Pharisees were so infuriated that they went back to Jerusalem, got together with the Herodians, and began plotting the murder of Jesus. The only thing that has stopped them from coming back to Capernaum and killing him are these crowds. Right. They dare not start a riot with this kind of—it's more than just the city of Capernaum. We've got people from all over the world who have come to, to see and hear Jesus and hopefully get a miracle. And if they were to mess with him, these crowds would turn violent, and this could be the start of a true revolution. If, if Jesus were martyred right now, this could be the snowball that, that, that comes downhill and begins an actual Jewish revolution. And who knows how ugly that would have ended. So the Pharisees and, and the church officials in Jerusalem are wise enough to know we don't want war with Rome 
right now. And if we kill Jesus, we could have that on our hands. Right. So these crowds are impressive for that um, that reason. And my second question on this was roughly, I know we don't, how far away are these people coming from? I mean, they, he lists some pretty distant places, in my opinion, yeah. especially for walking distance. Yeah. Um, he lists the people from Tyre and Sidon. That's up north in what today uh, we call the country of Lebanon. Okay. Uh, and people from uh, uh, east of the Jordan River, it says that's modern-day Jordan, the nation of Jordan. And uh, Idumea is south and east of of contemporary Israel, um, and that's uh, it, the massive copper mining facilities of of Edom are uh, very wealthy, uh, but also slave talent driven, and so those people have been fleeing their slavery to come up and have Jesus free them. So we've got prisoners, we've got health seekers uh, crossing international lines into hostile territory. The the uh, people from Tyre and Sidon at this time, they're Phoenicians, were not welcome in Israel. Hmm. And so they are taking their lives in their hands by coming south into Israel. Those darn northerners. Yes, <laughs> but they're willing to take that chance because it's so important to see and hear Jesus. Yeah, if there's a chance to be healed of this, whatever it is that's been yeah, ailing you, yeah. you know, whether it's a disease or possession or whatever it might be, yes, you know, this is what you do. Because it's the only way it's ever going to be yeah. taken care of. So I can understand. So, yeah, they're coming from far and wide. And like you said, these it sounds like these crowds are pretty huge. Yeah. And could actually cause big problems. Something that's kind of interesting is um, last week the Pharisees fled from, from Jesus back to Jerusalem because he was so distasteful and they had to get back to God. And this week we see the common people— fleeing Jerusalem to get to Jesus, to get to God. Right. <laughs> so we got them going in both directions, but for opposite reasons. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Um, nine and 10. Uh, Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. He had healed many people that day. So all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. Yeah. So yeah, we. this is probably... Um, an amalgamation of other stories we've seen in the other gospels. Same idea, right? The, right? the crowds are just so big, and the only way he's going to get away from them is to kind of get on the boat so they can't follow him, but he can still talk to them. And apparently the rumor has spread that all you have to do is touch him. So the crowds are are intent on squashing in, get, get close enough to, if all you do is get your hand on him, um, you will be healed. And we see in, in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke uh, the story of the woman who That's just what I was touches of, yeah, yeah. The, the hem of his coat. She's probably part of this same crowd. And and so Jesus is in actual physical danger of being, you know, you, we've yeah. seen people at, at uh, uh, concerts concert, or... Exactly crush each other when 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 the whole crowd stampedes uh that that people can get just trampled underfoot and die that's a risk here because the rumor is all you got to do is touch him and so they're they're intent on fighting their way past each other to get to him wow and go the ahead. solution for that is for Jesus to go out in the water we've talked about this several times before most people can't swim. Right. So if Jesus gets in a boat and he just gets just a few yards offshore, if all he gets is neck deep, most people won't chance 
trying to get out to him because they cannot swim. They fear drowning. So it's the only way he can get distance where he's still close enough to preach to the people and they can hear every word, but he's not going to be literally crushed. Exactly. Literally crushed. I'm cutting your head. He's always got this this mode, if you will. He does some healing and some teaching. And so when he's healing, obviously he needs to touch them. Well, he doesn't need to, but that's kind yeah. of how he yeah. does it. And that's what probably drove, drove this idea that I just got to touch him rather yeah. than him touching me yeah. and I'll be healed. Um, but part of the payment, if you will, or the, the tax you got to pay in a way for getting this healing is Jesus wants to tell you something really wonderful. Yeah. It's not like it's, he's going to berate you and try and sell you no. a timeshare. No. Right? He's telling you, <laughs> God loves you. Yeah. He heals you, but God really does love you. The reason you might have this ailment is not because God hates you. Yeah. The two are separate. God loves you no matter what. Yeah. And that's really important. Good news, especially for these people that may have never heard that or have been told just the opposite. And so, yeah, that's kind of his mode. Yeah, I, gotta, I do some healing. I do some teaching. He's very adamant from this point on that if all you have time to do is either heal or teach, you teach. Yeah. Um, Their bodies are going to grow old and die anyway, Mm -hmm. and eternity lasts forever, so let's get them saved. Let's introduce them to the God who loves them and wants to save them. Let's have them begin to profess faith in me so that they can be saved. If if that's all we've got – if all we've got time for is one – Pick saving. Agreed. It's more important. He can reach probably more people with his words, and he's going to then pass that on to disciples, and they're going to have the same mode. They can do some healing, yep. but their main mission is to go out and spread the gospel, the good news. Yes. And that's what we see today. It's yeah. mostly about, let's learn about God and learn about what Jesus did for me, whether it was healing or just helping me see that this isn't the worst thing in the world. I can do whatever, you know, whatever it is that's gotten me down. Jesus can help, whether it's phys- physical or emotional or whatever it might be. And so, yeah, that becomes most important to him. Let's yes. get the word out. And he's, again, teaching these disciples, this is how you go about and share the message. Yeah. Very cool. Verses 11 and 12. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, you are the son of God. But Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. And I know what you're going to say about this. This is the messianic secret. Yes, it is. Okay. (laughs) Don't tell. But the intent behind it has changed. Okay. Before, Jesus would command them not to reveal who he was because he wasn't ready to share with his disciples or his apostles that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He needed them to to first accept him as rabbi and wise and, and see his humanity before he gave them his divinity. Now, in the last few weeks, we watched him do that in uh, uh, fighting with the Pharisees over fasting, over harvesting on the Sabbath, and over healing on the Sabbath. Jesus actually comes out and makes the claim, I am God. Right. So you'd say, well, the cat's out of the bag then, so why does he care if the, if the demons pronounce it? Well, the problem is these huge crowds know him primarily as healer. If they find out he's Messiah, what was the common thought of the Messiah at this time in the world? That he was going to be a conquering general. 
and he was going to help Israel free. He was going to free Israel from Rome. Exactly. So if these crowds all begin to realize, um, if he comes straight out and, and, and the first thing he introduces them to is, I am the Messiah, I am the Son of God, their, their first thoughts are going to be, it's time for war. That's right. And look at all of us. Look how many we've got. If everybody picks up a stick, we can get this done today. And what's great about Jesus is if we get stabbed and die, Jesus can pick us up. That's exactly right. <laughs> he heals people of anything. So why are we even worried about, a, about fighting a war? We've got the ultimate weapon. We can just keep rising back up to fight again. So he's not ready for this to become a a military violent conquest. They need to know the Savior loves them, not that the the Messiah is is here to kill all the Romans and set <laughs> Israel free. So he's still enforcing the messianic secret, but this time uh, it's it's because he can't he can't afford for it to go in that particular direction, or this thing turns into crucifixion really quick. And the apostles still have so much to learn before he can leave them. Right. Even according to the Gospel of Mark here, next week we're going to cover picking the rest of the disciples. Right. By Mark's so. Gospel, we don't even have 12 apostles. We've still got four, yet. right? Yeah. <laughs> or five. Yeah. So, yeah, we can't get too far ahead. Yes, we're pushing towards the cross, but it's not time yet. Right. Right. So he's claimed to the religious authorities I do have this power. I have this right uh, because I am God. Yes. But he's not prepared for the masses, if you will, yeah. to accept to accept that and therefore turn it into a military um, revolution. Right. It's it, a spiritual revolution. Exactly. You're right. So that's not the plan. The plan is not to oust Rome. Right. It's to oust the wrong teaching. Yes. It's... God loves you no matter what, that he's got to drive home. And that is his real mission. God loves you, and I will take your sins so you're forgiven, <clears throat> not I will take the swords and yeah. send away the bad guys. Yeah. Because knowing humanity, there'll be some other bad guy later on, right? <laughs> There's always some bad guy. There's always another bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else on this? No. No. Well, so the challenge we had before we sat down for this is this is kind of a short reading, and it's kind of clumped together, and we usually go about 30 minutes. And so the challenge was, can we spread this to 30 minutes? The answer is no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end up about 20 minutes. Missed it by that much. Okay. When it's all said and done. <laughs> but anyway, so um, have you given a sermon title yet? Calling this one a difference of opinion, the people are there for healing primarily. Jesus wants to teach them primarily. They've mm -hmm. got a difference of opinion. Um, the Pharisees have abandoned Jesus because they think he's a blasphemer. The crowds have come to Jesus recognizing he's a holy man, so they have a difference of opinion. And you and I just left a denomination which was entirely focused on social justice. What are you doing to make the world a better place. Um, you know, are you, have you aligned yourself with any political issues? Are you protesting in the streets? Our, our denomination wanted us to do that. Uh, I was given a list of demands that my denomination expected me to go to city council and demand of the Ponder City Council hmm. for social justice. But in the last 30 years, what I've never been asked is, have you made new 
uh, Christians, have you found the lost and saved their souls by introducing them to the risen Lord? Have you done that? That never came up. In our new denomination, the Global Methodist Church, that is the only priority of the local church, to find the lost and introduce them to Christ. So, a difference of opinion. Agreed. All right, so if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Click that, go down to Sermons, and look for the sermon, A Difference of Opinion. And this will have been delivered on March 19th, 2023. Uh, and we kind of mentioned already, what are we covering next week? We're going to skip. In, in the Gospel of Mark, Nick, the next in the Scripture is the calling of the Twelve Apostles. Um, and, and I'm going to, in order to to get some of the more difficult material, we're going to skip over that, and we're going to jump to uh, verse 20, Jesus and the Prince of Demons. That's where we're going next week. Very good. Got a dad joke for you. Go that. for it. You might actually get this one. Okay. What's blue and not very heavy? I don't know. Light blue. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think we better close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There, you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky's sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.